at $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're the king! Only for Super NES. Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hello everybody, welcome to the Super NES Podcast. This is Greg, uh, here to cover episode 174 with you guys. Joined by always by my faithful co-host, Joe. And we're very honored to have a, to, 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 to have a special guest host with us this, this time. Um, delayed, delayed from the original, delayed from the original planning, planning date due to technical issues. But this time, we're very pleased to have Tim on the podcast with us again. Um, so, how are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing all right. How are you? It's great to be here. Doing all right? Yes. Uh, yes, definitely. Great so, to have you. Um, Tim joined us way back when for the draft episode for episode uh, um, uh, the episode the episode 100, which was like oh god, about a, about a couple years now at this point, I think probably at, but, at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but Tim is, but Tim is not actually, but Tim has not actually been on the podcast the podcast to talk about to talk about a dedicated game per se. So, um, Tim, why don't you just talk about yourself for a couple minutes? Maybe just talk about maybe some of your, um, you know, uh, who you are as a person, background, background gaming history, and your experience with Super NES. Well, I was born in 1982, and it was a Tuesday. Four. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I have been a gamer since I was about five, um, and uh, once I discovered um, role-playing games, that was just kind of my whole life. Uh, and the Super Nintendo, still my favorite console to this day. Um, I think that it, it, and especially as a role-playing gamer, it's just the best that some of the mm, most yeah. most important RPGs of all time came out in the SNES so uh, yeah and um, I I guess I used to do a podcast called Super Podcast Bros uh, yep the time first found you that was a great podcast yeah we we still can't figure out how to get back together to record because uh, the main host Andy is a father now and he doesn't have any time at all. And the other two hosts uh, live in the UK, which makes scheduling a nightmare. Uh, but anyway, yeah, well, yeah, I did that show for about, uh, well, the last one was over a year ago. So that would have been like six years. Yeah, we started in 2014. So, um, yeah. yeah, other than that, I just, I just do a lot of gaming and... Uh, I don't do any streaming or anything like that. Um, uh, I just I mostly play retro games, and I most cool. I mostly do nothing but play retro games in my free time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you're right about Joe's age. I think I don't remember exactly how old that Joe is, but I think you get two or yeah. I think two like right about the same age. I'm a year older. So. Year older. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm Greg 39. Still, yeah. Greg still has both of us beat, so it's okay. Yes, yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> well, how old? Are, how old are you guys? Um, well, I'm forty. Well, yeah, yep. 
and I'm 45. Oh, okay. So, so I'm the youngin. Yeah. That's uh, pretty rare. I don't usually. I'm not usually the youngest person in anything. So I know the bar, as you just mentioned before, in Super NES for RPG games is very, very high. But if you had to pick one, like one game that would, um, you know, that you would be like your absolute favorite in the system, like what would you say? Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. <laughs> yeah, awesome game. We just covered that game a short time ago. Yep. But it was a, but, uh, it was a good episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, did very well. Uh, like in the range feedback, Joe, it was great to talk to you. Um, you know, like with the game. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, um, and uh, and it was also Joe's first time playing the game, so we got to hear. Oh uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I play through that game at least once a year since the it came out. Wow. <laughs> at least <laughs> once a year. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I do with Lunar every year. Uh, though this year I. Because it's almost that time of year in which I sit down and play through Lunar. Um, I'm actually what? thinking about going through Lunar 2 this year. Which version? Mm, yeah. Trick kind of switching it up. Uh, it's always the PlayStation version. Um, ha- yeah. Have you I played. Didn't mind, uh... I didn't mind the quality of life uh, changes that they made for the PSP version, um, but um, I tried playing the Sega CD version once and. Uh, yeah, it just. I don't know. I'm because my introduction to it was the PlayStation version. Yeah, um, sure. I yeah, can't yeah. go back. Unfortunately. I can't. I can't play the Sega CD version either. But I did really like the PSP version. Yeah, the PSP yeah. version is fantastic. And the only re- listening that is the definitive version to play in all. The players. only, the only thing that I didn't really care for was the, the super abilities that you get. Every character has. I thought that yeah. was a bit little. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I actually think Lunar Two is the better game. Like even though I love Lunar One, I, I bet like Lunar Two like plays better. So oh, I, I agree. I I think that Lunar Two is the better game. I just ha- I have more nostalgia for Lunar One though. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, but anyway, uh, you might think you might think given all that talk that Tim wanted us to, you know, Tim wanted us to, you, you know, Tim wanted us to cover like an RPG for the this episode. Um, not really. No. He picked a very different game instead. So. Um, what game? What game did you want us to cover, Tim? And how did you hear about this in the first place? Because this is a Japanese-only game. Uh, the game in question is Wonder Project J, and I first heard about it uh, because there was a project to translate it at the time. Yes. Um, and it wasn't finished yet, but it looked. The reason what drew drew me to it originally was that it looked like a Miyazaki cartoon. Mm. And. I've always been a huge Miyazaki fan, so I was like, ooh, this looks pretty. And then as I looked into it more, I was like, wow, this is really unique. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, you're the one who has the most experience um, experience, experience with the game. Of course, Joe and I played it, but, you know, like, so we're going to, like, defer to you a lot for... You know, a lot for the maybe the gameplay mechanics and maybe some small stuff that we might have missed, like, in our own playthroughs or whatnot. But anyway, um... Let's go into some technical details about the game. Let's talk about the game to start off with to set this, 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 this um, I, I, to set the stage. Wonder Project J came out in Japan only, as we already mentioned, in in, in December of 1994. So kind of like a mid, mid-tier, kind of almost late Super NES game. Um, so uh, it was developed by a company called like Almanac, which is mostly Japanese-only company. Uh, they, um, you know, they went on to, um, you know, they were founded in 1989. 
uh, went on to, uh, uh, wanted to change your name to Jibo Corporation after after a while and finally became defunct in 1998. Enix published uh, um, published published many of their games. Most of their games were Japan only, but the company, but you might know, but the but, but probably the best known of their games, the Almanac games in the states, would be another very obscure and also like very kind of cult favorite Super NES game called EVO: Search for Eden. <laughs> Which I really like. We're gonna have to cover that game in the podcast. I love that game too. It's very quirky. It's very difficult to play in the areas, but it's, it's but it's a very like fun, unique. And game. it's very yeah. So. It's very, again, very unique. Very unique game. Yes. I'm surprised so, that with the political climate of the U.S. that they were able to release that. Um, I guess because they kind of presented it kind of like a cartoonish way. Maybe 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 it, that, or maybe it's just because yeah. the, the higher ups didn't hear about it. <laughs> Probably that. Possibly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, and you know, and I already mentioned Enix was the publisher of this game. So we've already covered Enix in past podcasts. But uh, yeah. So, um, one of Project J is is technically defined as being a life simulation video game, which may be like, well, what does that mean? Well, um, in life simulation games, you don't control the main character directly. You instead like do things on the side to kind of like, secondarily control him. If that makes sense, you're doing things kind of like you're doing things to help him to suggest things to kind of like to kind of open up pathways for him to go through that kind of stuff you, you don't actually have direct control of the character of the character itself so um another example of a life simulation game that they, a life simulation game that maybe that maybe american gamers are familiar with would be pac-man 2 the new adventures oh yeah um, that's true but so because you're not actually yeah because you're not actually I, I was reminded of that game yeah I was yeah I, I was reminded of that game a lot playing this game actually because it's like you're not because both games are both games are not both games you're not directly controlling the main character you're just like helping him out you know like you know helping him to do things and that kind of stuff so um but anyway so um so yeah Wonder Project J like I said mentioned before is a very unique game uh Tim do you want to take a stab at trying to maybe explain what the game actually is uh for those of like those people out there who haven't heard about it well uh effectively it's a Pinocchio story uh and right down to the, pa- to the fact that the main character's name is Pino and he's created by Dr. Geppetto I mean it doesn't get much clearer than that <laughs> um but you are supposed to um, uh, help this boy become more realistic and to learn how to to control himself. And he gets you're basically like slowly teaching an AI um, by you know scolding him or uh, praising him, and then helping him uh, overcome obstacles as you go through the game. And that's pretty much it. But that. Nothing like this was done on the S- S- uh, SNES besides this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, like you know, there's several things. There's several things. There's several things that strike the player immediately. Immediately, like when I'm playing the game, and one of them is it's very, very unique because, like I said before, with the exception of Pac- um, Pac-Man Two, which also got a Super NES release, I can't really think of another game like this because, um, and because you're not, yeah, yeah, and because you're not playing the main character directly, it does take some patience. You definitely have to. You definitely need some trial and error to get the hang of things. Oh yeah, definitely trial and error. Um, you're going to spend most of the time just trying to figure out what works and yes. what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. 
So the game does kind of play like an adventure game in parts because you do kind of have uh, because the interface of the game is very like adventure game ish. Definitely, definitely. Uh, because you, yeah, because you have the bottom of the screen, you have things like how much money you have uh, because you need to be getting money by items in the game. Of course, like I didn't go to adventure game, uh, actor in uh, a series of commands. Uh, that kind of stuff. And then the top of the screen also has things like, you know, your your health, your energy, um, which which also have very important things to keep up, um, you know, uh, like, a, like a whatnot. So, um, like, so it's a very adventure adventure game-ish uh, interface. And, and, you, and you use the controller to, to move things around, the button, the buttons can do certain things, that kind of stuff. So, um... The, the game uh, the game actually the uh, uh, the game actually has the game actually has a very detailed plot um you know the um, you know like most of it you know like the the the, the beginning of the game the beginning of the game has has a couple of a plot dump and then you're also like towed things towed things as you as you go through the game basically basically Pino's uh, creator has been arrested and um you know and you know you're playing you're playing as a as Tim mentioned, you're playing as Pino's fairy companion Tinker to both like try to help him become more human and also and also find out what happened to his father and to get him out of jail if possible. So, um, and the story develops, you know, the story develops also. Story, story, story develops also as you go through the game. I was surprised to see actually like how detailed the story of this game actually is. Like for this, uh, I mean, I mean, like this being like a very super NES like life simulator game. Uh, um, um, uh, 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 life simulation game, and 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 the family and the family translation translation also did a great job. I mean, I didn't see any spelling errors or anything or anything like that as far as the actual translation of the game itself goes. No, it, it was translated pretty well. Um, the sto- I'm, I was actually feeling the opposite that there wasn't enough story, but then again, it's an adventure game, life simulation. Usually, that don't have any story at all. Uh, True, but it, it is, so I suppose it is kind of impressive that it has a little bit of a story, but it's not super duper developed. It is mostly just go from point A to point B to point C to point D, and then at each point you have to solve some some sort of ob- objective in the area. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but the experience, but the main the experience, but the main frustration I had of the game. So I got used to controls uh, uh, um, you know, easily enough after like a half an hour or so. The main frustration I had, though, in the, the planes game, and this never went away, um, was like I often knew what I wanted uh, Pino to do. I couldn't figure out how to get him to do it. Yes, that is the frustration. Yeah. So, but, um, but, but yeah. So this is our first time playing this game. So, um, so I like so I've already so I've like so I've already given some initial impressions, my impression myself. Joe, what struck you about this game by playing it? Uh, my auto- automatic dislike for it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> you, sh- you should have known this was coming. So it's not for everyone. It's really it's polarizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. And you know what? I like the idea that you know you're basically you know Pinocchio. You're an android, and like you have to learn these things. And you're right. The frustration is getting him to do the things that you want, and to do those things. There is a lot of repetition, and the repetition of him picking up different items, and then you either praising him or scolding him based on his actions, to the point where he will do what you want him to do, and that unfortunately is one of the hindrances of this game. The other, for me, is there is a one genre of game that I absolutely despise 
or part of a game that I absolutely despise, and it is escort missions. And this is like a giant escort mission. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I look one of my you know favorite games in the nineties, Earthworm Jim. I still haven't beaten that game because there is an escort mission where you have to you know basically escort this dog to the end without him basically wiling out and killing you. Um, and because of that particular level, um, even when I bought the remake or the remaster that they released for the PS3, um, it's the same thing. I played up to that level and then I just quit. I, I'm done. I, I cannot do escort missions. So, unfortunately, um, I... So you didn't do well with Resident Evil 4 then? Uh, you know, you know what's funny is that for some reason in Resident Evil 4, I didn't even mind it that much. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. I think at that point, uh, when I played that game, I was just like, because of Resident Evil 1 through 3, I was so invested that it was just one of those, like, okay, yeah, she's going to die a lot, and I'm just going to push through it so I can finish the story. I think that's really what it was there. And I was I had a, and had a bit more patience. Not, not, not so much now. <laughs> I had a little bit of a similar experience because I was just so happy that there was decent controls in that game. Right. I was like, oh my god, I can control this character like normal and it's not a f- tank. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I'm going to just play all of this. And also, with escorting Ashley, you can tell her to just stand over there and get out of my face right, for a minute. Right, right, It does help quite a bit. But, yeah, so this whole yeah. game is an escort mission, and it's an escort mission with a person who won't listen to you. Right, right. Which makes it even so, harder. But I think I think yeah. for a certain type of player, this is really good, because you're effectively raising this this robot boy, Pino, um, and, you know, you're, you're, you're raising him in such a way where it's like, hey, go do this, and... Or he, if you, you know, he does something, and you either smack him on the head, or what does what does Tinker do? That Tinker's your your cursor, basically, uh, a little a yes. little fairy character that I believe this game can control with the SNES mouse. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, she she can either praise him or scold him, and then after doing that a lot. He'll he'll finally learn that like oh I'm supposed to do this yeah just like a real child yeah exactly it's a you know <laughs> it's, a, it's just as irritating as raising a little child I mean I don't know I touched right. the top of the oven when I was younger and I I never did it after the first time so you know what <laughs> I mean? yeah but you don't have robot hands right right if I had <laughs> robot hands I definitely would have kept doing it exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but. so, I mean, uh, I mean, eventually, Greg and I will end up speaking of Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim 2, but, um, in short, uh, the, you know, I really wanted to like this game because I really enjoyed the music. Earthworm Jim 2 is the better game, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I'm gonna hold my opinion. Uh, okay. <laughs> um... The music I thought was fantastic in this game. Uh, the graphics, um, like you said, are gorgeous. I absolutely there's there's so much in this game that I wanted to love. Um, it's just like I said, the whole escort mission thing really kind of kills it. And then a P 
Pino, not I almost said pedo. Sorry, Pino, <laughs> not listen. You know, basically not listening to you. And this having, isn't Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Four. Right. <laughs> so you know, uh, I just I, I don't know. I, I thank you for bringing this to our attention and us being able to cover it on the podcast. Um, but also, I hate you. Because so, <laughs> I made you play a game that you really—it's just totally at odds with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've done that damn too. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but so yeah. So I'm kind of in the fence. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like in both camps. You know, I don't hate the game as much as uh, I hate the game as much as like as much as like Joe does. I don't love it as much as uh, as Tim does. I think it's like it's a very you know, it's a very ambitious, unique game, and I totally agree that this game's not for everybody. Um, but, you know, I think for the people who have the patience for it, it's going to be a very, like, rewarding, like, rewarding experience, experience because it's, like, so unique. Like, like I said, there's, you know, I can count on one hand the number of games like this. Yeah. You know, it's a very, like, unique gameplay experience, and it's not hard to understand why this game never got released in the States, because it's, like, there's no way, there's no way in heck this game would have, like, done over well. Not, uh, not at the time, yeah. for sure. No. Kids wouldn't have had the but patience they, for it. I was going to say, yeah. look at how well Pac-Man 2 sold. I mean, you can look at that and definitely see Although, a reason why not this is a, I th- yeah, I think this is a better game than Pac-Man 2. Though. No, I agree with that, but I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, but... But yeah, so yeah, so uh, um, yeah, the graphics definitely, the graphics definitely are something that something else I was going to notice the first time playing this game because this game is gorgeous. I mean, like I probably, I guess yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I go so far as to say, top ten graphical games in the system, the system, this game belongs to that list because uh, it's really beautiful, almost like hand drawn enemy style uh, uh, graphics. But, I mean, also the, um, this was a late release, so I mean, it's not really fair. Yeah, middle. <laughs> Middle late release ninety four, yeah. but so, but they um, but yeah, so I guess I, so I guess I, yeah, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised because the because developers clearly stated clearly stated they took inspir- that they took inspiration from a lot of the uh, Toei uh, uh, um, uh, companies works yeah. in making this game. Mm-hmm. Toei is is the big Japanese anime like anime powerhouse, but pretty much you pretty much anything you've heard of that they've made. So, um, but yeah, so it's like. But yeah, the, but yeah, this game, but this, but yeah, this game looks like it literally, literally just came out like an anime. Is that, um, um, uh, like that gorgeous yeah. looking? So. Yeah. Well, at the time when I discovered this, I was really huge into anime. It was like right in the dead center of my obsession with anime, and um, so I was clinging on to anything that was anime, mm. and I was, I couldn't believe that they could do these graphics on the SNES. It looked like the PlayStation. Mm. Like it, it, it's just uh, so much, fra- so many frames of animation, so much color, um, so much detail, and the characters are very charming looking. The faces look really cool. Oh yeah, very the sprites very are large. Yep, like you know, good large detailed sprites. You can see what's going on mm-hmm. in the game, which really, it really helps because it's like I think even Joe would even agree that this game be a lot harder to play if you couldn't see what, like what you're oh, yeah, doing. Yeah, At least this game. You know, at least this game, you know, like I said before, you know, you know what it is. The problem is, how do you actually go 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 out interacting, interacting with it? Yeah. So, so I think the weak um, the weak part in of this game is the gameplay, at, but at the same time, it's also the most unique aspect of it. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. So, yep. Yeah, and like Joe said, the music in this game is also very good. Like it's a very like, uh, uh, um, you know, it fits the game like very 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 well. poppy, like, very good. upbeat. Yep. It fits the animation superbly. Yeah. Yes. So. Out of curiosity, uh, just 
quickly, you two, off the top of your heads, what do you think the best-looking SNES games are? Besides this game, um, there's there's a couple other like you know uh, moving inspired games like Toy Story I think that have like gorgeous graphics. Yeah, um, true. But they um, uh, also like uh, was it uh, Lion King I think also. Um, but, I was gonna say Aladdin. Um, um, Aladdin also uh, also uh, uh, Aladdin also like looks great. Bat- um, Batman and Robin. Robin. We talked to- uh, yeah, yeah. Chrono Trigger we talked about yep. before about the Final Fantasies. They all have, like gorgeous graphics. Um, Super Castlevania Four. I love the graphics in that. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So I think, and uh, there's probably and uh, there's probably a couple other games I'm forgetting about like right now. But because the library is so huge. But, but yeah. Oh, Act Riser also. Oh yeah. Oh god, that remake is sweet. The remake's awesome. Yes, I played it already. I, I haven't finished it yet, but it's so good. I was yes. gonna say, Joe and I, the, uh, yeah, you know, the annoying baby Mario, uh, Yoshi's Island is, oh yes, yeah, also, yeah, yeah, also, gorgeous. also great graphics, but, but, uh, yeah, 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 Joe and I, yeah, Joe and I will cover a few loose ends in our next episode next, next time, and the yeah, and, and activizer and activizer Renaissance is one of the things, it's one of the things that we're gonna talk about because I do want to talk about that a little, a little bit, so, but have you anyway, have either of you played a. a... Gundam Wing Endless Duel on SNES? No, I've not. It's a it's a it's a tournament style fighting game based on Gundam Wing. Um and I think that game looks unreal cuz it's it's on the SNES but it looks it looks way just way too good to be on the SNES. And they they brought it over here but they changed all the graphics and called it uh Power Rangers the movie. Oh, and okay, it's okay. it's still really pretty, but the 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 music and the graphics uh, on the uh, on the endless duel uh, Gundam Wing endless duel game is just unbelievable. I mean, like I still can't believe that they were able to crunch those graphics in there. That cartridge must be huge, as, as far <laughs> as like you know bits. Yes. So, but, so, but uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Tim. Uh, just curious, have you played the sequel? On the N sixty four. No, I haven't because I haven't been able to. Uh, I could, I for some reason couldn't get it running on emulation. Um, even though it's, it's. I don't think there's a fan translation. I figured that I knew enough Japanese that I could kind of finagle my way through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't been able to get it running. Yeah, a little inside baseball, but like I had seen a YouTube video that actually, you know, mentioned there was an English translation for the N sixty four game. Oh, so, there is, yeah. I yeah, was like, yeah, I was gonna say, fan, oh, trans- okay. fan translation came on 2007. I was like, so. I'm gonna check that out, and that was actually my first introduction to the series. So <laughs> that's ah, why I was writing it when I this came up on the list because I kind of already knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> what I was getting <laughs> um, you into? Yeah, yeah. So it was <laughs> like I played the N64 game first, um, which I mean, even is for- it better? <sighs> yes and no. Oh, so I feel like, as far as like the power of the N sixty four, I feel like it graphically it should have looked better. But I think it was cart capacity that maybe kept it from looking as good as it could have. Yeah. Um, it really just looked like the Super Nintendo game on steroids. That's the best way to put huh. it. So, and the gameplay I assume is the same. Yeah, the gameplay is exactly the same. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've not played the sequel, um, but I did watch some video on it on YouTube and like. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, what Joe said, uh, the game, 
the game is very close to the original game. I think they, you know, they, you know, I think they did make, you know, like the true sequel. So the true sequel. So it, like the story picks up the events like right, the first right. game. So, um, you know, the sprites are a little bit larger, detailed. The, um, um, you know, the interfaces, the interface like is a bit different. Some of the, um, it looks like it, it looks like it's a bit easier to control things in the sequel compared to the original game. So, hmm. um, but yeah. But yeah, beyond that, more of the same. But yes, there is a. But but, but yes, but yes, but yes, that game also has that. Oh, that game also has a fan, has a fan, has a fan translation out yeah. there. And I, and I, and so I know you have a very uh, old computer, Tim. But if you ever get a new computer, the N64 emulator can definitely like play this game like no problem. Yes. So, um, uh, also real quick, they were planning to make a PlayStation PlayStation version of that game, but that never came out. Huh. Interesting. I no. I I just uh, I knew it of its existence. I just was never able to play it. Um. For one reason or another, I think at the time N64 emulation wasn't all that great. Mm. Yeah, it's very good now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that. I know it's good because I do have a computer that can play pretty much any video game. Um, but it's a, it's a gaming laptop that refuses to connect to the internet. <laughs> so I have to move everything onto it via uh, removable hard drives and USB flash drives, and oh, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that the uh, let me check here. Uh, different, uh, different, a uh, different, a different group did the translation for the sequel compared to the first game. But yes, uh, um, you know, like, but yeah, like this game, there's a fully translated uh, ROM out there for you. Yeah, so, from but. what I've heard, it's pretty accurate. So. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that because I'm interested in playing the sequel. I really like this game, so. Yeah, I think that the there's there's not going to be any reason for me not, not to in, sure. immediately look this look into this when we get done recording yeah, yeah. right now. That's, well, that's <laughs> why I had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so I did finish the game eventually with a lot of like you know trial and error and save states, uh, and you are save, a states saint. save states like whatnot. <laughs> Well, I did cheat a little bit in some areas to get me through because I'm like, okay, I don't know what the heck I'm doing here. Just tell me the solution already, right. but because, because yeah, because it be, yeah, because yeah, if you have patience, yeah, trial and error. I don't know, um, Tim. Do you remember how long it took you to play this game the first time? Oh God, uh, like pure gameplay or like how many days? Because <laughs> uh... I'd probably say like, yeah, I'd probably say like gameplay because I think like. The average uh, on the average online from I like, see seems like about you know like forty hours give or take. Oh, was, go through the game, it was so. way more than that for me. I'll tell you that much. Mm. I think it was wow. probably closer to sixty. Yeah, most of it, and most of it, most of that's because, like I said before, a lot of the game, a lot of the game is trying, to, a lot of the game is, just, a lot of the game is just trial and error, trying to figure out, trying to figure out what to do, or, or, or more accurately, you know what to do. How did I, how did I, how did I actually go about yeah. doing it? That's why that's what we said. This game, this game's very, this game's very, this game, like Tim said, polarizing the best word that the, the best way I can describe it. You know, you're gonna, you know, you, you know, you're the kind of person who has the patience, um, who's gonna really enjoy, enjoy this game, or the kind of person that is not. So, and not there's anything wrong, the wrong with the camp, but just that this is the game, the, 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 you know, this is how the game is designed, and this is how it's created. So, yep. But, um, the, the best speed run of the, the, the best speed run time of this game on YouTube is about two hours. Wow. That person loves it more than me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but so, that's impressive. Yeah, so, I spent. So if you do want to watch through the game on, on YouTube, I, I recommend that. Yeah, I recommend finding that video because, like, you know, it's a very good, concise speed run of the game. These the games you can see everything in the game. So, does it actually? But, does it go through the story too, or do they flip through it as quick as they can? 
Um, I don't remember. Give me a second to probably skip second. through it as fast as I can. Yeah. I mean, geez, I think it took me like two hours just to get a uh, pino oh, to yes, pick up yeah, the, yeah. the ball and actually. Not only, <laughs> not only did they, yeah, not only, not only did they skip through the game, they're playing the, um, you know, you know, it was a Japanese marathon, so it's a Japanese version of the game. Mm, okay. So, so, it's so, like the videos, 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 if you just want to see the gameplay, but it, but there's a different video online you can watch if you actually like want to see the story of the game. Yeah, so, sure. But but uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, this game this game sold very well in Japan when it came out. It's one of the um, best selling yeah. games on the Super Famicom. Yeah, one point three million copies. So uh, um, it was definitely a hit for the Japanese market. <laughs> well, it looks uh, it looks incredibly anime esque. So that you know. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. So I mean, so most most. Most magazines of the day gave it like a seven or an eight out of ten. So it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Um, so um, not much coverage of the game in North America, obviously. Uh, uh, obviously, obviously, like the game, the, the game did have enough fans of the game that they translated the game, obviously. So um, one ups, uh, uh, one up dot com did her. Uh, did an article uh, several years ago, uh, several years ago, which included this game as one of their included the game as one of their six must play super, uh, must play super uh, import. So uh, I would disagree. I would disagree with that. But really, I like the game a lot. But there's so many more games that are that are import only that that should be on that list. But then again, I'm an RPG player, so there's a boatload. There for every one RPG we got. On the SNES, they got like fifteen. Right, right, yeah. Well, real quick, then I'll just go through the list like, real quick. Uh, they recommend uh, Gunman's Proof. Yes. Um, Treasure Hunter G. Eh, I take it or leave it. Um, what else? What else do they recommend? Hold on one second. The page is trying. To, page is like trying to load on me. <laughs> uh, I heard a yeah. I heard of a, yeah yeah. I've heard of those games at least. So that's uh, that's you know that's cool. Um, they cheat a little bit and include the stellar view uh, by itself, which I don't think is fair. That's not but, fair. You yeah. know, but um, a game called Umahari Kawazi, which I never even heard. Oh, of. Oh yeah, I have the. Uh, I think it's the newest version on the PS Vita. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's a Bionic Commando like game. It's, so yeah, sort of. It's more of a puzzle platformer, but with really interesting physics. Uh, and of course, Bahama Lagoon, which I agree with. I agree with that. So, but tre- it, it's real shame. We never, yeah, it's real shame we never got that here in the West. Treasure of the Rudras should be on there too, or Rudra no Hijo should be on there. That's an amazing RPG where you craft your own spells using words. Mm, interesting. And every word does something, and it's so cool to just like put whatever you know weird words you want in there and see what kind of spells it makes. It's and then of course the story is amazing. Ah, oh, it's just such a beautiful game, and it's ultra late. Like I think it was like ninety five, like late late ninety five. Yeah, yeah, but but anyway, uh, yeah. So like we said before, Tim, you know I do, um, you know I you know I do thank you for bringing this game to my attention because I never heard of this game. So, oh, you're very welcome. Um, and you know it's a very unique game. You know I don't regret playing it. It's a very, but, but, but just like it's a very niche game. But you know, it's, but you know it's very, 
It's fun to see a game like this could actually exist for a console this old. Uh, because, like, you know, like, because, of course, life simulation games, life simulation games, like, you are very popular these days. But, you know, for a game, for a game this old to exist is, like, pretty impressive. Well, it was either going to be this game or, uh, uh, Terranigma. And I figured that, given who you are, that you guys either have already talked about Terranigma or you would definitely at some point talk about Terranigma. So I was like, well, what's something that no one ever talks about? Well, yeah, Wonder Project J. <laughs> yeah, that was the, yeah, Terranigma was the third, was the third of the, uh, the so-called, the so-called, a, uh, Quintet trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. trilogy, right? Yep, it was, yeah. it was, uh, Soul Blazer, um... Illusion of Gaia. Illusion of Gaia, and, and then yep. Terra, Terra Nigma wasn't released in the U.S., but it was released in U.K. Yeah, we've had, we actually not covered that yet, so... Yeah, it's a, but. I think it's the best out of the group, honestly. But that's my opinion. Hmm. I, I've not... I, I, it's been a long time since I played the game, so I'll pass judgment on that, because I have... Because I did play Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia back when they first came out. But but Terra Nigma I did not play until, uh, until many years later. So. Oh, you're not British? Damn. <laughs> Sorry for this curse. But, no, nope, nope, nope. That one's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but anyway, so yeah. Um, well, maybe we'll have you back on the podcast later on then to cover that game. Then I would I would uh, love to. Okay, but um, anyway, so um, so yeah, so like I said before, you know this game. I at least recommend anybody who's a fan of the system to, to system to, to at least look at the game that to 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 at least to at least, to at least, to at least look at the game online to see how great to, you know see the graphics of the game because the graphics of the game really are amazing. Um, but like you know, but like we were saying, whether or not you enjoy the game or not depends upon who you are as a person as a gamer because if you, because if you have the patience to sit in this game and figure out what to do, um, I think it's a very rewarding game experience. Um, but if you don't, I don't blame you one bit because, like I said, this not game's not for everybody. It's, it, for, it's, it's not for everybody at all. But definitely not. You know, this is this you know this is a very obscure, overlooked game. I think that probably deserves more attention than it got. Um, even though it is on some of these like you know must play lists, you know, um, you know the fact that the, you know most people, I'm sure, I'm sure I've never heard of it. So you know, like you know, you know, is it, you know, it's always one of the best things. That, one of the best things about this podcast, uh, I guess, like bring to light these more these more obscure games. So, um, you know, like you know, like so. Thank you again, Tim, for, for like for like for like for, 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 for bringing the game to attention, even though Joe may not have liked it. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sorry that I'm uh, sorry that Joe didn't like it. Uh, it's okay. It's not but, like I'm gonna like everything. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, but uh, yeah, come to know that, like, you know, there are definitely some games that I, uh, you know. Absolutely, just cannot stand. <laughs> and then we all have we all have games like that and genres like that, and it keeps the podcast yes. interesting. Yeah, nobody, true. nobody would so. listen if Greg and I agreed on everything. <laughs> I probably but more often than not we do. See, I probably still would listen, <laughs> but it's still two totally different <laughs> point of views. <laughs> but um, so let me finish off a little bit of talk about less simulator games itself because maybe I'm kind of wondering maybe if Joe just doesn't care for the genre period because uh, there's actually like a very a lot of several life simulations kind of like a kind of like a broad like a broad swath of games that kind of like games that like games that fit into it. Uh, most people consider games like so most people consider like a Tamagotchi to be a life simulation a life simulation game so. Uh, Nintendogs is also one. I, um, I enjoyed that game a lot. I actually played them like quite a bit. Like, too bad when it came out. Um, this, uh, many of the many 
So many of the sim games are considered to be like, or, um, you know, kind of following this like, um, you know, following this like genre. Uh, do, so, do you enjoy any of those games, Joe? I enjoy uh, putting Sims into a room and then removing <laughs> the doors and then placing fireworks all over the room <laughs> and just setting them off. Uh, you need like an Eli Roth version of The Sims. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Have you ever played? Have you ever played uh, Jones in the Fast Lane? That's a good life simulator game. I was, oh yes, it is. I you was have to play waiting that. for you to mention a title that I'm that I may have liked and you didn't. So I mean, it is what it is. Um, Sim City, Sim so, Life, like Sim. Well, I was just gonna like say, Sim City is probably the closest you're gonna get to mm. me enjoying a life simulator game. Um, outside of that. Um, it becomes more of a uh, what do you call it um, I guess a real time strategy you know Age of Empires yeah. Yeah. Starcraft World Warcraft well, not Warcraft, you could argue Warcraft. that Minecraft is a life simulator I hate Minecraft sorry <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> so there you go um, so uh, yeah so like real time strategy okay life simulator eh not so much <laughs> Real time strategy is one of those genres that I can't, I can't stand. Yeah, I RTS I either love or hate depending upon the game itself because I love the Command and Conquer games. I love the, the Homeworld games. Well, I but take that most, back. Uh, but I like Ogre Battle and Ogre Battle sixty four, and those are technically yep. RTS. True, they are. Yep. But I usually like yeah. TBS games. But, but, um, uh, 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 but also like Tim, like real quick speaking of like you know speaking of, like. Um, you know, since you mentioned like Jones of the Fast Lane, speaking of, like, um, um, speaking of, like, like very old, uh, like old life simulator games. Did, did, did you ever play? Um, so have you ever played the Alter Ego? No, but I've heard of it. Yes, good game. I, I check it. Um, you know, you know, very unique. I highly recommend checking it out. I'm sure so. it's free at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, 1986 Activision game. Yeah, uh, definitely. So. But yeah, alter ego, you're actually like, you're actually like, you're actually like playing yourself, and like birth all the way to like death, making like choices, choices, to, to choices, to choices, to choices to, to shape your life and affect your life and that kind of stuff as you're going through the game. But I'm already you, doing that. But yeah, I already make oh. those decisions every single day. No, it sounds interesting. <laughs> I'll I'll probably take a look at it. And there are also ways to die in horrible manners and horrible manners manners in that game, which kind of surprised me that for some the first, the, 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 surprised me that for some the first time I played it. Just warning you. So. There are in real life uh, too. Yeah, exactly. Which is why they, exactly you know, which is why it's in there. So, but anyway, but anyway. So, um, wrapping this game talk up then. Um, anything else you want to say about the game, Tim? Like you know, good, bad, you know that kind of stuff. Anything else you want to like add on to the game discussion? Um, I like like you had said. If it doesn't sound like your cup of tea, at least go watch some. Uh, footage of it on YouTube, definitely, because it's yeah, it's yeah. amazing what the, what the they were able to do with the system in this game. It's it's one of those games like I had mentioned, uh, Gundam Wing Endless Duel. It's too good looking for the SNES, mm. or maybe yeah. just on the cusp. Yeah. So, but uh, um, Joe, how about you? Anything else? Uh, anything else you want to say about this game? Uh, like in closing? Uh, no. I mean, if if you if this is your thing. Go play it. Go enjoy it. Live your life. Are you glad that it's out of the uh, way? I am 100% glad <laughs> it's out of the way. <laughs> let, let me phrase it this way then, Joe, because I'm curious. Um, because I know you're, um, you know, if this was, like, if this game was done as an anime instead, if the actual, like, the actual graphics, characters, story was all, like, was presented in anime, like, would you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think the story is a weakness. I, I like the idea of it. 
Um, no, it's always very good. If actually, this had been a platformer, um, or like oh, oh lord, or like an action <laughs> RPG. What if it was like a point and click adventure game? I I'd probably might have enjoyed it then as well. I think that's I mm. think that's part of the disappointment is that it comes off as that's the type of game it is, and then it, that's not the case. So, you know. Um, well, it's like point and click, but you don't have any hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty much the crux of it. Like, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, if you other, you know, like, if you enjoy, I, I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention some of those other, I wanted to mention some of those other, some of those other life simulator games because I'm like, if you enjoy X, you'll probably enjoy this right. game. But because, you know, it takes a certain kind of gamer to you know to you know depending on your tastes with i mean whether or not you're gonna like enjoy this or not so if you uh, enjoy tamagotchi and point and click adventure games you might like this game if you like wonder project j2 (laughs) (laughs) but tim does not like animal crossing which is also like a life simulator game yeah but go figure but animal crossing at least you the thing that is different there is that you tell the game to do something it's gonna do it the thing that, that usually the, the, <laughs> the thing that that is a real barrier with this game is, you know, like you said, um, figuring out what to do is the smaller of the two hurdles, and then the larger of the two hurdles is getting Pino to do it, yeah. and do it that's nuts. that's the yeah. real thing that that you're either gonna like or not like, and I think the Tamagotchi crew or crowd. Um, might like that because it's the whole like teaching and you know praising and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But I think for a lot of players, it wouldn't appeal to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, but yeah, so yeah, very unique game. Very surprised to see a game like Super NES. Um, you know, like um, you know, like very like very interesting game. So um, you know, so thank you again, Tim, for bringing us to, like bringing us started to. I uh, bring this, um, you know, like to our attention because you know this is, you know, it's always fun. Like, uh, you know, like, love it or not, I think this game's unique enough to be talked about. So, I agree. So, um, there are no cheats, codes, codes that are in this game. No, like, no shock. So, um, pricing this game. If you say buying this game on eBay, what's it going to cost you? Well. It's always difficult to do pricing for Japanese games because, like, the, the Japanese games, because it's, like, there's so many formats and ways to get the game, the game, or whatnot, or whatnot. It, it, like, it's very confusing. So I'm gonna try to summarize this. To summarize this, then, but like, like the clear, because that's the way that anybody here can understand. Um, there are there are Japanese copies of the game that have that have that have already that have already been imported. Uh, I found, uh, I mean, I found three three copies of this game as of time during research, research, research recently that were being sold for North America. There were 17 copies of this game being sold worldwide. So if you don't want to pay the extra the extra shipping shipping charges or or wait, or wait for the game to come from Japan, there are there, um, you know, there are already a few copies of this game in, the, the, a few copies of this game imported like imported locally for you. Um, and a modern clone system like Redcon will play the you know will play this game just fine. So without any kind of like modifications or whatnot. So if you want to go that route, you can even you can even like you can even like buy the game, plug in your Redcom, and download the patch. Um, um, download translation to the game as a patch, and uh, it's a patch and patch. Um, you like to play it that way, so. I bet that there's um, a way you could get like a repro card of it that's already been translated. There are repros available too, as well. As well, I was gonna get. To, um, I was gonna cover that as well too. So, um, so, um, if you, so if you want to, so if you want to get the game from, uh, like. 
uh, uh, like from Japan. The game's actually the game's actually cheaper to get from Japan than North America for some reason. Probably because the, the uh, probably because the uh, probably because the game is much is much more common in Japan and whatnot. So. Yeah, it sounds like everyone uh, bought one. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, and, and these prices, um, uh, um, these prices that you know, these prices actually include shipping. They're um, they're slow shipping, but you actually, I, uh, I, I, but but they're they're actually they're actually they're actually people they're actually they're actually like people selling this game on eBay for for, for Japan for as low as like eight or nine dollars. So uh, ridiculously cheap price to get from Japan if you want to. Wow. So if, so if you want the game, so and mind you, mind you, this, mind you, this is card only. If you want the game CIB. Uh, that's going to cost you more money. So, um, you know, some of these some, some, some of these listings are U.S. Some of these listings are Japan. That that you know, you know that renewing for twenty five dollars to forty five dollars. But well, it's know, still for Super NES. It's still pretty it's cheap. Bad. It's not like yes. It's like the polar opposite of if you wanted to get Earthbound sealed inbox North America. Right. Yes. Now, uh, Tim mentioned repros. There are the um the uh, uh there are there are repros available available for this game as well. Also, this is the uh, this is a case where someone's taking a cart. Made a made a North American ish style label that they stuck on it, and like also just applied like apply the translation patch to it, so you patch to it, so you can you know you know if you have North American North American Super NES though you you can just get this cart, plug it in, and plug it in play. So um, some of the ones of some of the ones available come from China. Those prices range anywhere from eighteen to eighteen dollars, thirty dollars. You also, um, um, you also, uh, you also, you also, you also like get a repo from the U.S. for higher price. Those average, uh, for average, for, for uh, the those average, those, those average around thirty-five dollars. And there's also there's also somebody there's also there's also somebody from Canada making the repos available. That's forty-nine dollars. So, uh, so depending upon depending upon how much you're in a rush, uh, that will you know that will you know that will affect your affect your shopping habits probably. So, but yeah, all in all, not a bad price for this game, like all things considered. Hmm. Yeah, not at all. So, but so anyway, um, I did not look up the pricing. So I did not look up the pricing of the sequel. Then the, uh, the sequel in the sixty-four. It's, you know, it's probably you know it's probably you know it's probably like more expensive because it's a rule. It's a rule. It's a rule. It's a rule. Like in sixty-four games, like more expensive anyway. So yeah, that's true. But but anyway. So anyway, Tim, uh, thank you very much for um, you uh, once again. Thank you uh, once again. Once again, thank you for thank you for bringing us this game. Thank you for taking the time to talk to talk to us about the to, to talk to us uh, um, talk to us about the game today. Yeah, oh, you're very welcome. Thank you much for having me. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any? Cur- uh, do you have any current uh, current project websites, etc. Um, etc. Uh, etc. That you're working on that you're working on that you're involved in that you want to plug? Uh, nothing that I'm directly involved with, but my friend and co-host of Podcast Brothers, Rod, has a website called WizKids.com, and there's also WizKids on Facebook, um, and that's fantastic. Okay. They they do a um, lot of unboxing. They do a lot of uh, you know uh, streaming. Um, it's just pretty awesome. It's him and his kids, and they they have really high production values. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Tim's also available on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, so if you want to talk to him like directly, uh, uh, directly direct for some reason, maybe you maybe maybe love this game with like as much he does. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
Anyway, so we are also on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page on there. Uh, we can leave questions, comments, suggestions, uh, suggestions, or feedback, whatever. You can also you can also email me email me directly at the SNES Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, Joe is also available on Facebook as well. Um, Joe, how can they like reach you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at joesux three zero. And as Greg mentioned, I have a very public Facebook. Awesome. Okay. Well. Uh, next up on the podcast, uh, we are going to do two Halloween, th- like Halloween themed, like theme games since it's that time of year. So, um, uh, so like next up, like the like, like next up, like next up on the podcast, we're a podcast we're covering the first of those Halloween games. We're going to be looking at the um, also kind of a cult favorite. Um, I feel like a much more well known game than this game is, obviously. Um, Zombies at my neighbors. Ooh. So, it's a great game. Yeah, I, I've not played it for a very long time. I'm, I'm curious. To, I'm curious to go back to it. I'm curious to go back into it to see how it still holds up. The sequel, not yeah. so much. I forgot there was a sequel. I You're right. Yeah, go- sequel, and I haven't played the first. So this yeah. is going to be a fun experience next week. Ghoul, Ghoul Patrol. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, nowhere near as good as the first game. I'll have to play that too to check it out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So, but yep. So join us again next time, like that episode. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for giving us a few minutes of your day. We, we appreciate it very much. Uh, you know your feed, uh, uh, your feedback, support, and support of the podcast is always is always appreciated. And thank you again once again, Tim. We will we will we will invite you back again later on at, the, later on at some point. Um, you um, you know, like for another game. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you very much, and I look forward to coming back. Okay, uh, thanks again, Joe, as always, and we'll catch you again. And we'll catch everybody again next time. Stay safe, everybody. And later. See ya. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.